Well, the state budget deadline is tomorrow. The tone in Harrisburg sounds like we will avoid a repeat of last year. The State House of Representatives has passed a budget. It now goes to the Senate. I'm Terry Madonna. I direct the Franklin and Marshall College poll, and I'm a professor of public affairs at FNM College, and I'm substituting today for guest host Scott Lamar, who is on a well-earned vacation. Joining me to discuss the state budget and more is Angela Columbus. She reports for the Philadelphia Inquirer and Steve Essek. He's the Harrisburg correspondent for the Morning Call. Also during this hour, we will chat with Senator Bob Casey about the debate over the no-fly and terrorist watch programs and his proposal to prevent those convicted of a hate crime from purchasing a weapon. Well, welcome, Steve and Angela. Thanks for having us. Now, everything is really calm in Harrisburg, right? Nothing big is going on with about 15 major pieces of legislation plus the state budget. All right, Angela, let me start with you. The state house did something quite remarkable. It did. It passed a budget last night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Well, they uh, passed a budget that essentially would spend $31.5 billion. I dub it the sin tax budget. It would... Uh, it looks to raise about a billion dollars uh, from gambling, from uh, more uh, access to liquor, and also new taxes on smoking. So essentially, they're saying drink more, smoke more, and gamble, gamble more. Gamble more, yeah. Um, the the problem, and this is uh, what I've said in my stories, is we have a budget bill, but we don't have a budget deal because... Great point. Yeah. The deal requires all sides to obviously agree, and the Senate has not, uh, this, the, the Republican-dominated Senate has not yet indicated uh, that it will even agree to the amount of spending, let alone right. the taxes necessary to support the spending. And obviously, uh, Governor Wolf came out yesterday and said that he, too, has some issues with yeah. uh, the proposals that they have on the table and whether they are they raise enough money to support right. the spending. It's about 1.4, Steve, it looks to me like it's about $1.4 in spending additional over this year, something in that range. But here's what's fascinating. The very same House of Representatives vetoed literally by not taking it up, let me put it that way, a budget that had considerably less spending last year. This budget looks like about a 5% increase. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, it it, it is a 5% uh, increase from the previous, uh, from this fiscal year budget right. that limped into law in <laughs> Good way April to put it. over this epic fight. And, you know, the um, what happened with that was, you know, to to remind the listeners is around Thanksgiving, December, the sides started coming together on a um, budget and tax bill that in a different political era would have been golden for everybody. Sure. Everyone, Governor Wolf would have gotten some extra uh, tax, tax revenue, recurring tax revenue. The um, Republicans would have gotten much better um, pension reform than probably what's in the works now. Right. And but the, the the liquor bill obviously is now law that was part of that whole package. So that's the only piece of it that that's come right. into effect. Now the um, a, a lot of the angst I think that that is um, percolating now with the Senate over the House bill as well as the governor is 
is the gambling expansion right. bill. That was like two hundred and sixty six point five million dollars that they new revenues they think would come to the state. Y- right, in, in new revenues, but but that's assuming that every piece of that new gambling right. bill would be implemented. And uh, in the Lehigh Valley, where the Allentown uh, Morning Call is is based, there is uh, growing anger from the Sands Bethlehem Casino, which late yesterday afternoon threatened to halt all all planned expansions over at that uh, casino complex. And it is the largest casino complex in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania. and one of yeah. the most lucrative. So, so let's put this in perspective now. The House passes a bill that would increase spending by 5%, right. about uh, the number $31.55 billion, 5% hike. It would give Governor Wolf additional spending for education that right. he wants. The argument here, Angela, is, first of all, here's what's fascinating. It looks like there were no discussions with the Senate Republican leaders. House Republican leaders pass a budget. They don't consult with Senate Republican leaders, and the governor's not on board. Now, isn't that exactly what some Demo- Republicans said happened in the House, to the House last year? I mean, we're repeating the same cycle of no cooperation, or am I somewhere? Am I, am I wrong about that? Well, I think it's a little different this year. Uh, I, I will give you this. The Senate has been much less visible yeah. this year. Senate leaders much less visible this year than they were last time around. And I think that is because they're still feeling the burn from yeah. uh, negotiations falling apart on them because the House pulled out at the last minute. I do think that they're involved. Uh, I think that they their tactic this year has been to stand back and let the House produce something and then take that product and make changes to it. Uh, so I really do think that the next two days are when you're yeah. going to see the hard and fast right. negotiations go down. But let's, let's, look at, let's look at a couple of these taxes that they're proposing. Mm-hmm. First of all, you called them sin. We could also call them vice taxes. Right. That, that's right. the other name for right. them, right? They have yeah. two names, sin taxes. So let's look at the, the gambling. They're, they're talking about Internet-based gambling that right. would essentially be run out of the, by the casinos. I thought they were for that. Well, the, the um, it, it, it's, it's fantasy uh, sports, mm-hmm. your draft kings and that sort of thing. Aren't it's, Pennsylvanians uh, doing this now? They are, <laughs> but there's another component of this gambling expansion that really got lost, and I blame myself for that. I wouldn't pay much. I wasn't paying close enough attention to it. But th- there's another component of that, and that would be creating 20 slot parlors all across Pennsylvania. Just slot, just for slots. Yeah, yeah, no, and it'd be, be like you know opening up a warehouse and putting up to 250. Right. Um, slot machines in there that would yeah, be that run by widely reported. No, it wasn't. And um these the, the slot machines would be run by the existing casino industries and so each one of most of them there there's three different categories of for casinos in Pennsylvania. There's category 1 which are casinos with racetracks. There's category 2 that are like that that are like Bethlehem Sands which are, you know, these complexes with restaurants, hotels, right. that sort of thing. And category 3 are your smaller ones. Right. So this bill would would allow the category 1, the racetracks and and the category 3 to have these slot parlors. But the smaller ones would be cut out. 
Well, the the big ones, Sands and them would be cut out, but all oh, the, the yeah. So 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 Sands Casino is against this, but the overall industry itself, all the casinos, all twelve of them are against this too. But the house is pushing this expansion of, of these slots. And the overall sentiment of the casino industry is we don't want this. And the Senate doesn't. I don't think the Senate wants yeah. it. And Governor Wolf says he's opposed to any gambling yeah. expansion that will cannibalize the industry. All right. Now, let's look at it this way. Mm -hmm. The state needs, one, Angela, $1.4 in order to do what the, this, the, you know, the lawmakers and the governor want to do, particularly to give the governor his money for education and some other programs. Right. They don't want to raise income and sales taxes, right. correct? So That's they're right. looking at all these other taxes. And once they go down that road, as Steve points out, they're in this controversy over who benefits, who gains, the winners and losers out of them, right? Sure. And going back to something that Steve was talking about, I mean, with the with the gambling taxes, um, what you've heard Governor Wolf say over and over again is that he wants some sort of sustainable, reoccurring revenue every year. Correct. And one of the things that um, some senators have pointed out on the gambling issue is that really you're going to get your the most money in year one because that's when you're licensing these casinos right. at really high right. fees to provide this um, you know expansion of into online gambling. And then in year two, three, and on, it, it you know it it evens out. You're still taxing proceeds, but you're not getting that humongous influx of money. Um, so that's, I think, a key point on the gambling issue that we're going to possibly hear in the next couple of days. Um, you know, beyond that, um, I don't see the House's numbers adding up to that $1.4 billion. billion. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to have to find, bottom line, uh, an extra almost $500 million wow. Uh, wow. to plug you know, the, the yeah. remainder of that. All right, you're listening to Smart Talk on WITF. We're talking with uh, Angela Columbus and Steve Essick, uh, reporters who've been covering uh, the Capitol in Harrisburg and events there for some time. All right, Steve, let's before we move on, let's go to these so-called sinner or these other sinner vice taxes. They're talking about tobacco products. They always come up. Cigars and smokeless tobacco. It does. It looks like cigars, maybe not, but. Other tobacco products in the mix. Do I got that right? Uh, yes, you do. And at what um, dollar amount or, or percentage this uh, cost of a pack of smokes will go up, that is still up in the air. I think all sides agree on a tobacco tax on, 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 on cigarettes and probably uh, chewing tobacco, uh, smokeless stuff. Um, not cigars. I don't know about e-cigarettes. Right. Perhaps yeah. that's still in the mix. But um, that does seem to have the uh, most consensus is some kind of extra money from tobacco. So yeah. that is um, syntax number although, two. Although one, one thing, um, the Senate Majority Leader, uh, Senator Jake Corman, uh, in an interview earlier this week, told reporters that he has a real problem with cigarette taxes and he has a real problem as he put it that uh, every time the state needs money it goes and it penalizes smokers right. um 
Now, I don't know that that means that the uh, whole effort is in, in jeopardy, but I do think that uh, you've heard both the, uh, the House and the governor talk about right. an additional $1 per pack uh, tax on cigarettes. And I don't know that at least the majority leader in the Senate um, doesn't necessarily agree with right. that amount. All right. Before we move on, there are three or four other very important topics I want to get to. Before I do that, let's let's conclude this discussion with the with the process. Okay, the Senate and the House have to get together and get the governor in agreement, or we go on and and, into an endless delay. What are you hearing about the prospects that you know? We we talk about the deadline, June thirty tomorrow. Okay, they probably have a week or two until you know. Literally, I think this year panic could set in, given the fact we're already hearing from constituent groups. education organizations, social service providers that are predicting a lot more dire straits for their operations if if this debate goes on. So what's what's the likelihood that this is going to get done in the next week? Well, I, excuse me, I I think it's going to, I think the revenue side of the budget will get done. And that's happened often in the past where they, um, the legislature will give a governor a revenue package and they'll worry about how to pay for it after the so-called June 30th deadline has passed. That, right. I think, what will happen. And I, you know, I don't want the listeners to think, I, I, to think that, that, that they're at each other's throats this, this time around. They completely are not. You know, everybody seems to really be right. working toward, toward a goal. They may not agree on how to get there, but I think $31.5 billion, $31.4 30, Something in that range. Something in that range everyone yeah. agrees to. It's just a matter of how they all going to pay for it yeah. and, and what's going to happen. So I don't think it, the, there's massive fighting going on. And, and I think that there is an artificial deadline this year, uh, the political conventions over the summer. I don't think, well, obviously the Democratic one is in Philadelphia. They don't want this thing lingering. (laughs) And frankly, I mean, for them, anything over last year would be an improvement. And last year, as everybody knows, the impasse dragged on for nine months. Right. Um, Right. Plus it's it's an election year. Right. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) The election year, as they say, they won out of Dodge. All right, Angela, I want to turn to a couple of other important mm-hmm. topics. Here, here's one. There has been this vigorous debate over extending the statute of limitations for child sexual abuse. There's a limit in the law now, and there was a hearing right. in Harrisburg that got a little feisty at times, you right. know, between the people who want to move the age or completely the eliminate right. any age at all for when, if you were a victim when you're 12 or 13, but you're 50 or 55, can you still go back and sue? Right what, 30, 40 years later. Give us the in, insight on that. Well, really, the, the main issue here is the retroactivity uh, piece of the legislation, which yesterday got stripped out of the bill that uh, passed out of, a, of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Essentially, the bill called for allowing uh, victims of child sexual abuse uh, to bring civil suits uh, past the age of 30, which is what the current law says. Right. And it made it both both prospective and retroactive. And um, So let me put it right. this way. If mm-hmm. you could be 50 years old and 50. have been a victim, mm-hmm. right? and if the bill were to pass, as some would as like to right. see, you could go back and sue somebody right. that abused you 40 years ago. Right. And and is that where the controversy lies? 
Yes, and uh, there are a number of senators, Republican senators and Democrat ones as well. I, I, I should state that. But they feel that that violates the state constitution right. um, and, and that it would be struck down in the courts. The advocates say, look, let it go to the courts. You are not uh, you don't wear black robes. Your legislators pass law, pass the law as is. Give victims a chance to sue. And if if it is challenged legally, then let the let. Uh, judges decide that. Um, that didn't happen. They stripped out that provision yesterday right. from the bill and they moved it forward. Um, that is different from what the House passed. So, so when it goes back to the House, okay. the question is, what are they going to do? All right, Steve, before I get to you, we're discussing a number of important state issues. Uh, we welcome your questions and comments. You can call us at 1 800 729 7532 or send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. You can also leave a question or comment on witf.org or on WITF's Facebook page. The phone number again, 1-800-729-7532. Steve, this whole subject, however, I mean, we, we live in an era now where almost every week, you read in, in newspapers, I don't care whether it's the Philadelphia Inquirer or, your, or the Allentown Morning or any newspaper around the state, about kids being abused. And for decades, we didn't hear anything about it. And all of a sudden, it emerges. And, and you know, I'm rightfully so, in my humble opinion, that, you know, that child abuse is horrible and something has to be done to take steps to prevent it. Well, I mean, if if you go back to the Boston Globe's spotlight in investigation of the uh, Boston right. Archdiocese that that exploded Good this point. on the world stage, and then Jerry Sandusky here in Pennsylvania, yeah. Penn State. I mean, so it is a cascading effect, and then that got um, rejuvenated, I guess, with the attorney, state attorney generals unbelievable grand jury report of the massive amount of cover-ups in Correct. the Allentown Johnstown um, diocese but also the uh, the Johnstown Police Department the mayor's right. office all those people that 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 report made it seem like that community was something out of the Middle Ages where the Catholic Church controlled the entire yeah. town and I think that uh, Representative Mark Rossi's personal um, uh, story of, of his his abuse at the hands of uh, Allentown Diocese priest when he was 13. You have that coupled with that grand jury report. Just you know, it, it galvanized the the House of Representatives to pass this measure that is now right. in the Senate and all this controversy yeah. that is uh, going along with it. But you know, from from an insurance perspective, I can understand the insurance industries. Um, I mean, the liability that they right. could potentially face from something that happened twenty five or thirty years ago. Right. So so un under state law. An insurance company can't hold on to you know um, a company's or an organization's insurance proceeds from the previous year, thinking that you know we we can um, you know cover that. You know, so you're kind of um, so the, the the insurance industry. My, my point is, I, I think, is rightfully uh, concerned from from a financial standpoint as well as a legal standpoint. All right. Well, you're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for your NPR news and all things regional. I'm Terry Madonna. 
Well, welcome back to uh, Smart Talk. I'm Terry Madonna. Uh, Steve Essick and Angela Columbus, both reporters who've been covering the Capitol for a, a considerable period of time. We got a call from Kathy. Kathy, you're on Smart Talk. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and Terry, this may be a question for you as well. I just left a Rotary meeting and spoke with Dale Hamby, who is running against Brian Cutler in the southern end, where we are having a lot of uh, discussions about the Williams pipeline. He has an idea to tax Williams and other companies, uh, gas companies, uh, a property tax on the thousands of miles of pipeline that run throughout Pennsylvania. He told me that other states do this as well. And instead of, you know, I know Governor Wolf couldn't get his, his fracking tax added, right. but has, has anyone ever looked at this idea of taxing the pipeline for property taxes? I thought it was a great idea of his. Okay, thank, thanks for the call. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn to Steve Essick on this. Well, the uh, state of New Jersey taxes their pipelines through a property tax. So every community that has a uh, pipeline runs through it uh, gets some revenue based on that tax that uh the issue of i i the bills like that have been floated by who i forget here in in the house uh, um but uh they really have had no traction whatsoever there's also a bill by representative scott petrie who would um also have uh, some taxing components and says the pipeline should be along Pennsylvania's right of way mm-hmm. along the turnpike and the highways and that sort of thing that that would make it a lot better than running through more pristine areas of, of yeah. the state if that answers your question yeah we got another call from Jim we're getting a lot of calls about the state government about the spending and the taxes as you would expect Jim from Manola hi uh- Terry, uh, it's great to hear you. Uh, I want to say that I also enjoy your uh, your program on uh, Channel Eight on uh, on Sunday mornings too. Thank you very much. Well, two of the reporters here are regulars. They come on and help me out all the time. Go ahead with yeah. your question. Yeah, I, I uh, have definitely listened to them as well. Um, I just want to say that I think the legislature and and I guess to some extent the governor are pretty gutless. Uh, we, there's no question that we need a lot of, uh, we need some new revenue in this state. And I think both Republicans and Democrats would agree on that. And uh, rather than going to the public and making the case for a general increase in revenues, whether that's sales tax or income taxes or whatever, they just, uh, you know, throw on the sin taxes. You know, I, I'm not in favor of smoking, and I don't think it's a good right. idea to encourage smoking. But good heavens, uh, to to, uh, to to just uh, add this much cost to uh, a pack of cigarettes is is kind of shameful, I think. And then it's the same thing with gambling taxes. I don't gamble, or at least not very much. But it just it, it is it is really not fair to uh, to put taxes on some people, in some cases, the less fortunate people. If uh, we need more revenue, and I think we do, I think that uh, that the legislature needs to go to the public and make the case for that and raise general revenues. Yeah, hey, uh, thanks for listening, Kenny. Uh, nope, th- thanks for the call. Well, Angela, that's been this debate sure. about whether to do the income or the sales tax hikes and what we call the general tax increases. The legislature has no stomach for it. it it's not likely to happen. So in order to get revenue... Right. 
It's the price of compromise uh, this year in Harrisburg and getting a relatively close to an on-time budget. Um, Governor Wolf and Democrats have advocated at uh, diff differing times um, either uh, an increase in the personal income tax, which I, I believe the last time it was raised was under Governor Rendell, um, and also an increase uh, in the sales tax or an expansion of the sales tax to other goods that aren't currently taxed. And there are a number of conservative Republicans now, um, and that number has grown over the last decade, who are adamant against these types of, they call them broad-based taxes. They're going to impact the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. most number of people in the state. And I mean, they're just, they don't want it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. typically what I find, Steve, when we get into these discussions, has often has to do with the nature of the tax, as, as the caller just, just pointed out. I mean... General tax hikes are not popular. People want to get rid of property taxes or have them reduced. Right. But then when you talk about income, to get rid of $11 billion in property taxes, you're going to have to have a substantial hike in what? Sales and – go ahead. Sales and income taxes. And, and where is that money mostly going to come from? It's going to come from your more populated areas across Pennsylvania. Right. So your uh, people in Philadelphia, in the suburbs, same thing uh, in, in, in this area, which is the you know Cumberland County on the other side. It's the right. fastest growing right. county in Pennsylvania. So you're going to have – people subsidizing more rural, less populated, poorer areas, and you get that fight back and forth from, from the property tax folks. No one likes to pay property taxes, but the amount of money your your income and sales would yep. go up to cover that property tax reduction yeah. would would be astronomical. It's the classic trade-off, right? Right. What? And, yeah, and, and and it's the classic trade-off, but it's also not in my backyard. What? Why should my taxes in in a school? If I live in a school district that has a large industrial commercial property tax base, why should I subsidize yeah. someone else yeah. that is is more rural? And that is the fight, not just on the street, but also in the legislature. Right. Well, you're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Terry Madonna of Franklin and Marshall College, and we're chatting, as I think most of our listeners now know, with Steve Essick and Angela Columbus. All right, and we, let's take a quick call from Tom in York. Uh, you, have a gen you have some comments on taxation? Yes, good morning, Professor. It's nice to hear you moderating for once and instead of just being, uh, you know, asked for your opinion on things. I'm out there usually in the Philadelphia area, and, uh, and I don't get to hear uh, such uh, scrutiny of, of such matters in, in Harrisburg. Here's my complaint. My complaint is simply that always the politicians want to tax one thing and want to take the money and spend it on anything but the thing they're taxing. If you're taxing smokers, fine. But you want to put the money back into remediating all the health concerns that arise from smoking. They tried to do it in, in Philadelphia with the sweet drinks tax. And the, the shale producers also, uh, you know, got it. And the money that comes in, it, it, it needs to be earmarked for what the thing is being taxed. If the shale tax guys are, are uh, uh, putting money out, well, the money has to come in to helping people's water get clean and, and meeting yeah. the environmental concerns. So that's, that's a, in a nutshell, not much of a nutshell there, but I got it. that's, that's fine. what I, uh, hey, I call it about. Th thanks for the call, Tom. All right. That's, you hear that a lot when, you know, 
when there's a tax and it's, if it's on a vice or a sin tax, should the right. money where should the money go? That's a you hear you must hear that in the halls of the General Assembly every day. Sure, it's a it's an absolutely fair point, and and but um, there are also um, you know people who say, look, our state budget covers much more than just these things. Our state budget covers. Uh, education for school children. There's aid that goes for mental health services and right. all kinds of human services. And th- th- those costs go up every year. Um, they're not staying stagnant, and they the the state needs more money to support the the level uh, the uh, the level that these programs are operating at currently. Um, so that while it is a fair argument, the the f- financial reality is such that um, I, I think it, it it makes it much more difficult to right. to make that political decision. And um, if if I can, I, let's let's not forget, government is a labor intensive business. You know, you need people to perform these services, whether you are. Uh, the five states, 500 school districts, which is an astronomical number of people work in it. And you also have all these human service industries. And I believe uh, Representative Kate Harper, a Republican from the Philadelphia area, said it it yesterday is the education and the human services components, as as Angela just said, too, the the cost of that goes up every year. So before they even sit down and start looking at how to balance the next year's budget, those costs have already gone up. And right. a lot of those costs are locked in. So, you know, you, you, you're you stuck with this thing. Un- unless someone is going to publicly s- say, especially in an election year, that I want to cut A, B, and C out of the budget, then it's just going to keep yeah. um, coming up, the, this debate. Too much right. taxes, too much spending. But what is everybody going to cut? I tell you, we've got another call. This is amazing now. Virtually all of these calls have been directed at some aspect of taxes. Right. <laughs> you know, the fairness of them, the size of them, the nature of them. Uh, we've got uh, Rick from Lidditz. Uh, you're on uh, WITF Smart Talk. Hey, Jerry. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, and I'm sure this has come up before, but has anyone ever looked at the dollars that you would need to make up if you only eliminated real estate taxes on residential properties up to, say, a million dollars and not on commercial and not on industrial properties, because I doubt that the people that own apartment complexes or uh, all these other industrial or commercials, they're not losing these properties to taxes. And I can take my message off the air. All right. Thank you. Uh, that's an interesting question. Separating that, I thought the eleven was the eleven billion that we often hear. Maybe you don't know. I'll I'll, I'll go and off you know El Fair and try to get an answer to it. Is that residential and commercial or just residential? I don't know. I hear that number eleven, twelve billion. I think it's both. It's both, but I don't I don't have a clue. Do you? Um, I have not heard anybody, uh, and I, I, you know, I want to be careful to say that there might be somebody who has a bill that does um, what Rick has suggested, but I haven't heard uh, separating residential from commercial. Uh, well, that, that, yeah. that actually happened the other day. There was a bill out of Philadelphia. I was on. I I was listening to the debate. I, I honestly don't know what happened to it. I can't imagine it passed. But there was a representative from from Philadelphia, a Democrat, who wanted to have a different property tax rate for residential properties versus um, 
uh, commercial properties. And um, some Republicans stood up from across the state that said, well, that's great for your local community, but is it fair for the business industry across Pennsylvania. Once you start in Philadelphia, can will that cascade across across good, the good state? Point, good point. I, I honest, I, like yeah. I said, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I would to like it. to see that number. I don't remember ever seeing it, and you know, you get these numbers all the time about well, and I've seen various numbers even for the amount of property tax that gets collected. Eleven billion sticks in my head, but I actually saw a number closer to thirteen. By a responsible organization. Last word well, on this, well, and then we'll move on. What we what we've seen over the years is rebates and property tax rebates, well, and that point. is a very big, an extensive program that the state runs. Um, uh, but and there has been talk about property tax elimination as a whole, but um, right. creating these two separate categories is something that um, I, I certainly haven't heard advocated in any real way. There, there are a couple of other topics I want to get to. I want we, I want to get into this effort to impeach the Attorney General Kathleen Kane. We'll get there, but we'll hold that off. But there's another LGBT issue, and and that's one that I've actually pulled on right now. If, if you're in business, you can discriminate in housing and employment and not face any legal repercussions because a person is gay. Let's use that as an example. And I've polled on that. The voters of this state don't think that's right, that you should be able to discriminate. Now, that piece of legislation, I thought, would move relatively quickly. This is not a question of whether you're for gay marriage or not. It's not you, I, do you agree with me on that? This is not gay marriage. No. It's, it's just saying, you know, you, can you discriminate on that basis? So where does that all that stand, Angela? Uh, no, that piece of legislation right. that would make it illegal. Right. Well, nowhere at the moment. Um, what, what has happened historically is there have been bills uh, introduced in the House uh, primarily over the last few legislative sessions that have sat in the uh, state government committee and have not been acted on because its chairman doesn't agree with its content. Um, right. At least that's what the, adv- the bill's advocates say. Um, in the Senate, there has been an effort to, um, there's been similar legislation, and there, essentially what it would do is it would um, have the state's dis- anti-discrimination laws include provisions and protections for people in the LGBT community, uh, in housing and in employment and in public accommodation. Right, so what you right. saw happen over the last few weeks is the Senate broke those bills down into three separate bills. Right. Be, yeah, because people had an I issue with it. the public accommodation. I got it. So they, they might yeah. be able to pass the anti-discrimination the ha- right. in housing and employment, but right. not the public accommodation. And I got the it. debate essentially over the public accommodation devolved into the whole bathroom bill discussion, uh, you know. Um, so any comment? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say that the, the uh, anti-discrimination bill in in the workplace and in the um, uh, housing that had strong support from from two key Republicans, Senator Pat Brown of the Lehigh Valley and Scott Wagner from uh, York. And Scott Wagner, he, he's known for writing yeah. long email messages, and 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 he he had a long email that said, "Hey, I, I, as a businessman." This is the right thing to do, and he's let's be candid, pretty fairly conservative. I think you would agree, right? Fiscally I mean, conservative, fiscally, yeah, fiscally yes. conservative. Yes. Good, yeah. good point, yeah. Angela. Go ahead, Steve. Finish your thought. No, the, and uh, 
That's it. But the, the, the other day, there was a huge rally yesterday where uh, a couple days ago where people had signs that, you know, about bathrooms and then there were counter protesters behind them with, um, you know, like kerchiefs on their face, that that sort of thing. Got a little interesting, but there was a budget going on, so I didn't write about it. Yeah, right, everybody. Right. Yeah, look, uh, here we go now. There are a couple other issues I want to talk with you about, but typically now the House and the Senate would leave town for the summer recess. They would right. come back after Labor Day. There would be Columbus Day, the Jewish holidays. I may have the order of those mixed. And then they take off a couple of weeks for their election, and right. then there's a debate over whether they should meet after the election on right. November 8th. So essentially, we could be talking about the Pennsylvania state legislature in session for maybe a grand total of 14 to 16 days after they leave for the holiday, for the summer recess. Am I, am I on planet about that? A full-time legislature. That happens. Uh, I know. That's the point uh, uh, yes. I'm trying to make with all these big issues. Yes, uh, there have been uh, there has been talk about <laughs> about how a full time legislature like Pennsylvania's, right. um, which um, I believe is one of the the, the largest, in, second largest yes, in the in the country, in the country, yeah. um, how they can call themselves a full time legislature, make the t kind of money that they make. I, yeah. I believe the the base salary for a legislator is right around eighty five thousand dollars. It's slightly over. Uh, slightly over, right? And and, yeah. and still um, take these kind of breaks. Uh, having said that, uh, I have covered state legislatures, uh, the state legislature in New Jersey, and they operate a little differently. They're, um, they're, they don't call themselves a full-time uh, legislature, and they have outside jobs as well. But the interesting thing about Pennsylvania yeah. is they allow, as long as it's disclosed, their legislators as well to hold outside employment while also being a full-time legislator. Yeah, yeah. We uh, on another subject, we thought we were going to have Senator Casey calling in. We understand now that he can't make it, right. that there was some difficulty in Washington. We all under, and you're smiling right. because you understand this when you're dealing with lawmakers mm -hmm. all the time and and things will come up and schedules change and we, we all understand it, but we wish... Uh, Senator Casey the best as he tries to deal in Washington as both he and Senator Toomey do with the same kind of problem. Well, they're different, but you all get the point. All right. We have uh, another comment here from somebody. It's an off-air comment. We're back to taxes for a minute that who believes the only way to tax everyone is through the general sales tax because everyone consumes. Now, let me just add a comment to that. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to avoid being my usual commentator and right. and do the interviews. That what they argue there, however, is that that's income proportionate. I mean, if you're wealthier, there are certain things you can buy, and you still right. pay the six percent if you're poor. Even though we do exempt food and clothing, right? Right. right. So there mm -hmm. has been efforts, but has there, Steve? Has there been any talk about? Adjusting the nature of the sales tax, the exemptions that are currently, I haven't heard any. Not, not really since uh, Governor Wolf's fir first budget last um last year where he would uh, lift a lot of exemptions. He would still keep food and uh, prescription meds and right. that, that sort of thing. But uh, there, there was a couple uh, exemptions added on in his uh, latest proposal. That again ha has gone nowhere. But the the counter argument 
to that because the sales tax people say is um, it, it impacts poor people more because right. you have less money, you're still buying the same thing, so yeah. therefore you have less Yeah, that's my general income. understanding. All right, you can hear today's Smart Talk show and previous editions of Smart Talk at WITF.org slash podcast or with the WITF app. You can also hear the entire program tonight at 7. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF. I'm Terry Madonna. Welcome back to Smart Talk. Terry Madonna here with Steve Essick and Angela Columbus, both reporters who cover the Capitol. We're talking about a variety of, of the important issues before the state legislature as they take off for their summer break. And as we were just talking about, could be the it could be that they're back for 14, 16 days. Let me make this clear in joint session. They come back to often in individual sessions and hold hearings. But that has been something of an issue in the past. Well, it would not be a uh, program looking at sort of a review of what's important if we didn't talk about Kathleen Kane, the beleaguered attorney general who in August faces a trial on 12 uh, criminal charges. Two of them are felonies, 10 misdemeanors. But here's what is very surprising, and I'll start with you on this, Steve, really surprising there's an effort in the state House of Representatives to impeach her. She's not seeking re-election. Translation, she'll be out of office end of December, regardless of what, you know, she's not running for re-election, so she's gone. What, what, what's motivating this, do you think? Well, I think the, um, well, back in January, the House started this effort a month later Kathleen Kane said I'm not going to seek re-election she right. said it was for family reasons and she didn't mention the impeachment effort she didn't uh, mention the charges or anything like that so um, Representative Todd Stevens who was chairing that sub right. that judiciary subcommittee to look into this matter we we asked him that yesterday why are you continuing this thing and and his, his response was basically the public needs to know what happened there, regardless of whether their work is done before she leaves office one way or the other. He thinks that the public need, needs to know whether anything that occurred there and what, if anything, occurred there were impeachable offenses, was it, uh, was it not impeachable offenses, and regardless, what were the problems that have been reported in the media, alleged in numerous civil lawsuits right. against Kathleen Kane, what exactly transpired there? Yeah. And the Democrats, you know... Well, well they're not going to... Well, they, they, they've said, look, we've started this process. They don't like that the committee is hiring an outside lawyer to help with the subpoena process, that sort of thing. And they also question the timing of it. And they say, well, it's up to the next attorney general to clean and clean that, that mean, house to, up. To clean, yeah, to take care. Of, there is there is no doubt, Angela, and you you've reported on this as well that there's considerable turmoil within the attorney right. general's office. Everybody knows that. You know, we can look and point fingers and place the blame. Right. We're in lots of places, but the fact of the matter is the office is in turmoil. We got what over 800 people who work there. The vast majority, I think we would agree, going to work, doing their job, working right. very hard, but it, it's mostly at the top among right. officials for a variety 
for a variety of reasons. Go ahead. Well, you want to- a couple of things. When this process, impeachment process, started, um, I believe the Senate was in uh, it was uh, undergoing its own process to try and remove her from office. It was ultimately unsuccessful, and the reason the the Senate was doing that uh, was because after Kathleen Kane was criminally charged, uh, she her law license was temporarily suspended. Right. So now she is the state's top lawyer without um, the ability to practice law. So there had been a conversation about whether that essentially disqualified her from keeping that position. But as these two uh, things were happening, impeachment and, and removal in the Senate, there had been so much negative media coverage uh, of her office, uh, the troubles that uh, former employees were having with her, whether she was retaliating against them or whether right. they were retaliating against her, whether people were being fired because um, they were talking to the media or because they did right. something to make her angry. And there had been a series of lawsuits essentially m- making those claims. And these are going to go on, uh, Steve, these lawsuits are going to go on long after she's out of office. I mean, there's civil. We're talking about civil considerations that have pecuniary damage damages connected to them. As I read what you all have written about this, and here's the other thing. I mean, I think, and you know, it, it's it doesn't mean it's not important, but for a, a period of time there was considerable public interest in this. I think now that she's not seeking re-election, I don't get any sense that there's may, maybe you hear differently from your readers and letters that you get. That I'm not saying that's a reason to move forward or not. I'll come back to that in a minute. But is there any real interest in, in moving this forward? I think it depends on... Um, what you're trying to accomplish? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Because, I mean, I, I had a story over the weekend involving um, a uh, seizure of nearly $1.8 million right. that, that her vaunted uh, Mobile Street Crimes Unit did in central Pennsylvania. So and they it, seized, it, the AG's office right. seized money. Was it drug people they seized it from? That's very uh, questionable. It's, okay. it, it, it's alleged drug proceeds. Got it. Um, but the, um, how that drug seizure occurred and the questions surrounding it because the tip came from an agent's relative. Oh, and wonderful. So the, the, there's all this other stuff. But my, my point is- So they is, got $1.8 million, They seized it. So what happened to the money? Uh, the attorney general's office sat on it for nearly two years as opposed to putting it through the civil forfeiture laws in uh-huh. uh, through, through the county court system. And the question is, well, if it was such a clean job, right. why'd you sit on it for so long? And in the meantime, you know, at, at least six months after, at minimum six months after that seizure occurred, DEA um, in Baltimore got involved in this case. They had they charged a guy in Florida for running a drug ring. But to answer your question, do people care? This the is first, complicated. It, it, right? it is complicated. It's very complicated. <laughs> but but the first comment on my story on the morning call was, I am tired of reading about this person. <laughs> so that yeah. answers your question. Yeah, I think... And and back, go ahead. Well, I think that, yeah, I mean, we get that all the time. There's uh, Kathleen Kane fatigue. Um, why are we still reading about her? Why why are you still writing about her? And why are uh, we still talking about her? Well, go ahead. because she's she, an elected she official. She's an elected official. She is. Uh, she has enormous powers as the attorney general. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, even with a suspended law license, she still has those powers. 
Um, and, you know, she is in some ways a historic figure in Pennsylvania politics. She is first the first woman, Democrat, first, first woman, woman. Yep. Um, in that position. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, I, I think now that there is a struggle over what her legacy is going to be as she leaves office. Yeah. Well, yeah, historians will fi well, fi finally write that chapter in a couple, actually probably sooner than in a couple of years. But, but the final point on that, I want to get to one other issue before we leave here, if we have time uh, this morning. Impeachment. Can they get this done even if there's a will? I mean, that process takes a long, long time. Wouldn't she... Wouldn't she be gone? Um, I, when when I was leaving last night, I was talking to a, another reporter, and my facts may be a, a, a little wrong on that, so I apologize beforehand. But the other reporters say, "Go if you go back to uh, R uh, Rolf Larson, the Supreme Court oh, justice, sure. he was impeached. Yeah, with, with the impeachment." They went through. They through went the, forward right. just so right. he could never run, run for reelection again. Never hold again. in office again. Exactly. Right. So would they? I get it. Depending on what the House uncovers, or if if anything, then you know m maybe they do move it just for political cover of the legislature. Like you, you didn't do enough while this was in office. If there's anything that untold, more in in that office. So. Right. I got. Right. All right. I, I want to return to something that was raised in a question earlier, uh, and it has to do with the budget again. The mm -hmm. final comment: pensions. We're not hearing much about pensions. Uh, you picked the number fifty to sixty billion dollars in pension debt. They had, you know, right. worked out a deal last year. Uh, talk about where all that is right now. Um, well, pensions is not part of the uh, overall budget discussion this year. Uh, what happened was that the House uh, sent the Senate a bill. Um, that would make some pension changes for future employees. Uh, the Senate uh, did what they call a non-concur, and they are now going to essentially push the issue to a joint committee right. to try and resolve their differences. All right, so the issue here is the state has this, there are two big pension, for, for our listeners, two big state pension systems. One is basically the school system. The other is for state employees. They're 50 to $60 billion in debt, correct? That's correct. And and every time there's a solution, there's problems with whether or not it really reduces the debt that much. Well, right, because in any solution going forward can't touch the debt in, in question. There's only two ways to get rid of that debt. A lot of that is old debt that is accrued over right. time right. through not paying enough money into it, the um, downturns in the economy and extra bennies that weren't paid for. But the only way to pay that off is to pay it off right. or cut the benefits for retirees or and, don't, and don't current employees. Don't you have employees. a legal problem if you try to do that? You have a big legal problem. I mean, the right. courts, go ahead. Well, that's why the discussion has centered only on new, uh, new uh, benefits for new employees going forward, uh, both in the school system and in state government. Um, but again, the, the cost savings are um, over t 20, 30 years um, and right. don't make dents right away where they need to be. Well, look, I want to thank both of you for coming in. We went through, I think, some of the major issues that the legislature uh, c confronts. Uh, Angela Columbus, uh, Philadelphia Inquirer, Steve Essick, Allentown Morning Call. You can hear today's show and previous editions of Smart Talk at WITF.org slash podcast or with the WITF app. You can also hear the entire program tonight at 7 p.m. 
I'm Terry Madonna of Franklin and Marshall College. Thank you for being with us.